TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Try to be sound you know, schematically and, and within our fundamentals. The wind may move the ball a little bit. But again, having the experience that I do in the stadium and, and knowing wind patterns, what they what we expect them to be, at least. Uh, just having a good sense of that. And again, just finding ways to get our playmakers the ball on the outside. You know, typically, with weather like this, a game that both teams are going to run the ball and it's going to be um, very possession limited. So we got to make these possessions count. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen there as we get ready for potentially a bit of a weather game here. New York Governor Kathy Hochul will be speaking at noon. You can find that over on our sister station, 930 WBEN. They're going to have live coverage all day leading up to what we think around 12 to 2-ish in that range is when the storm should really start to hit. So they'll have live coverage all day. As of now, the Bills game is slated to still start Sunday at 1 p.m. And for tonight, for hockey purposes, Sabres game is still slated to go at 4 o'clock tonight as they host Vancouver. Now, with all that being said, let's go to the Wester Hotline and get a look at how the Steelers are feeling about the weather. As we have Will Graves of the AP on the Wester Hotline. Will, how are we doing this morning? Uh, I'm good. I'm not worried about getting stuck in a blizzard like you guys are, so I'm, I'm straight. I, w- I was going to ask you, are, are you traveling up for this game, or are you just going to be hanging out at home? Uh, I asked. I asked, but the bosses said that John Waro is so good that they didn't need me. So there we go. Uh, my, my, AP, my AP colleague in Borough, my our resident Canucks fan, as I call him. So uh, he's uh, J- John's great, but no, I'm uh, going to stay here, and in case uh, all hell breaks loose, I'll pitch in best I can. There we go. There we go. So uh, on this game, it, I, I kind of do like the Steelers have been a weird team that I've both been paying attention to this year because I am a Mike Tomlin fan. I really, really like Tomlin. The fact that he just he he does not pitch losing seasons. That man is going to get you to at least you know nine and seven, and now you know nine and eight at this point. He's going to at least get you there. I, I but I wanted to get your thought because I, I feel like I see on Twitter all the time Steelers fans are are, are looking for Tomlin's head. They want a change. They want. I, I saw trade rumors at one point, stuff like that. What have you made of Tomlin this season? Now that the team has made the playoffs with everything that has gone on, and how do Steelers fans kind of feel about him? Well, you know, I think things have sort of uh, – it kind of came out even in the end. I think there were some games early in the year, particularly that Browns game on Monday night where Cleveland essentially handed them the game, uh, that the Steelers stole. Uh, and then I think of games like, you know, obviously those back-to-back losses to the Cardinals and the Patriots uh, five days apart um, right after Thanksgiving that kind of set them into a bit of a tailspin, um, you know, to the point where they pulled in Mason Rudolph. I think they're about where they probably should have been. Uh, all along. I mean, I will say this, you know, to me, you know, I'm kind of with you. And this is my 13th year on the beat. 
you know, Mike T's had some rough moments this year, but, you know, I, I tweeted this a couple weeks ago. He has coached 275 regular season games for the Steelers, and they have been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention in one of them. One of them. That is, I mean, look, that is an absolutely staggering uh, number to me. And, you know, but I also tend to think, look, I'm not from here, um, you know, and I, I am not a, quote, Steeler fan by any stretch. I mean, I grew up in the D.C. suburbs in the 80s watching my team, the, the Washington team win three Super Bowls, and then they've been absolutely terrible for 30 years. And so I always kind of have that in the back of my head when I listen to Steeler fans complain about Mike T. Um, you know, it's been, an, it's been an up and down season to be sure. Um, you know, but he, you know, to his credit and to the organization's credit, for all the stability that, that you know, deservedly so, the, re- the reputation that they have for being the most stable organization in the league, Look, they fired an, a coordinator in, during the season for the first time in 80 years. You know, they, they went through three quarterbacks. I mean, uh, you know, he went to, to Mason Rudolph. And to be honest with you, that, I mean, that definitely smacked the desperation because Mason was a guy that was basically an afterthought. I mean, after Ben retired, you know, they came out and said, we believe Mason, you know, and, and unfortunately Dwayne Haskins, who unfortunately passed away in a tragic accident down in, in Florida a couple of years ago, we're going to be in the mix to be the starter. And what do they do? The first day of free agency, they sign Mitch Trubisky. And then the first round of the draft, they, they draft Kenny Pickett, right? So he was never really in it. And now we get to this point two years later where he sort of looks like the guy that maybe they thought he was going to be all along when they drafted him in 2018. So a wild season, they're never boring. I mean, are they good? Are they bad? I don't think they're good or bad, uh, but they're, they're compelling uh, nonetheless. And I think this is probably – you know, I had him going 11 and six when the season started, and you know, I didn't anticipate the route it would take to get here, but they're about where I thought they'd be. I I think you're you're, you're spot on with there. Like I don't, they're not good, they're not bad. They have, for me at least, as someone you know outside watching or um from the outside watching in, I I spent about a year in in uh, Western Pennsylvania at school, and I went to school with a lot of, of Steelers fans. And it, it's funny how a lot of Steelers fans, at least you know college age ones, are talking about the Steeler way with both reverence and also like disgust of like, yeah, we love that like no one ever gets fired, but like also no one ever gets fired, and we're all irritated all the time. And so it has been interesting of watching like Matt Canada get fired, Kenny Pickett, who and and I this is me both poking and prodding at the bear, but also thinking it's kind of legit. You know, maybe that's them making up for Dan Marino not becoming a Steeler. They draft the other guy out of Pitt to become the Steelers quarterback. What's going on with Kenny Pickett? Is that a Matt Canada thing? Is he beyond repair? Or are they just riding the hot hand with Mason Rudolph right now? Um, You know, I I don't think he's beyond repair. Um, That being said, and I've used this line for a couple of years now, I mean, if you had asked Steeler fans in August of 2021 that Kenny Pickett would be the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers that, you know, there's two kinds of people, people that, you know, said, yeah, or said there was no way in hell that that was ever going to happen and liars. Right. I mean, cause nobody, he was not, he had had four very average-ish years at Pitt and only came back for that last season in 2022 because he looked at his draft stock and he was going to be a middling round pick. He waited a year, cashed in, had a great senior year, obviously was a Heisman trophy finalist. But, I mean, if you look at the breadth of work, six out of the seven seasons he's played competitive football in Pittsburgh, he has been average. And, you know, is that who he really is? You know, it's hard to – he has not provided much 
you know, evidence to the contrary. I mean, to, to Mike Tomlin in the offseason was very bullish on him, said he expected Kenny to, quote, kill it this year. Obviously, that hasn't happened. I think part of it is he is, you know, and this is not a bad trait to have in a quarterback, but he's risk averse. Uh, you know, he wasn't throwing a lot of touchdowns, but he also wasn't throwing a lot of interceptions. And, like, the, the thought process was, all right, that's fine. This is what we need to do to win games. We're going to try to win games 20 to 17 and hope that T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward and, those, and Alex Highsmith, you know, make the difference on the other side of the ball. And that really sort of carried them through that first, you know, nine games where they got off to the, the six and three start despite being outgained in every single in every single contest, right? So, you know, I, I don't think – Kenny would benefit, will benefit from whatever coordinator they bring in. Um, but I don't think it's a cinch that he's the guy going into next year, especially if for some reason the Steelers find a way to win a game in the playoffs. I just, you know, the, they are financially tied to him for two more years. I don't see, you know, this, this franchise is stubborn to your point about the experience that you had with a, in talking to the, the kids you went to school with. Like, yes, they, they love the Steeler way and they hate the Steeler way. And part of the Steeler way is, you know, sticking with, you know, almost refusing to admit that you may have made a mistake. Uh, I don't know if they did with Kenny, but he certainly does not look like the kind of guy that is going to be a positive difference maker and take you that last step from pretty good to great. I feel like then that might answer my next question with Chicago owning the first overall pick again this year, not their own, it's Carolina's, but Justin Fields has become, a, for now the second straight offseason, maybe one of the main characters for it. I was going to ask, like, do you see the Steelers maybe being in play for him? But maybe to that to that point of just they're not really willing to move off of Kenny Pickett yet, or, or do you see them being in maybe a spot to go try to get fields? I would be stunned if they moved on from Kenny. Um, the fields, you know, would be how much is it going to cost? You know, that's part of it. And then, like, fiscally, how much is it going to cost? I mean, he's going into his, what, his fifth year, right? They'd pick up that fifth-year option. Um, you know, where Kenny, they still got two more years of him at sort of bargain prices, right? So uh, I really think that that is kind of where the Steelers are. I would be surprised if they made a run at Fields. But again, you know, a lot of this is predicated on who the coordinator is. I mean, they have this unusual setup right now where, you know, Mike Sullivan, is, who's the quarterback coach, calls the plays during the game. But Eddie Faulkner, who's, the, who's been the running back coach, like is the, quote, coordinator. Um, you know, I don't – think that those guys are in position to to get promoted to that job i think there definitely is a thought in the organization that they need somebody a little younger i mean eddie's not eddie's in his you know in his uh late 40s so i don't want to you know ascribe him as old by any stretch but maybe like an, a young innovative type guy and if they hire that that person and let's say that happens within the first three weeks after their season's over and that guy says hey look i want a guy that can move you know a guy that can move around the pocket can be a difference maker with his legs i mean there's if Fields is available, and the Bears have to decide what they're going to do with that, right? I mean, they have to decide. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of volatility going on there with the, the moves they made on their coaching staff this year, keeping Eberflus but firing basically everyone else. Um, you know, it, it's it's always always going to come down to the you know basically the cost of doing business. And the Steelers love 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 their draft picks. The the flip side of that though is, you know, Kim Hayward. I mean, this he, he might play his last game tomorrow. I think he probably comes back for one more season. T.J. Watt is in his prime. He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Minka Fitzpatrick, same. How many more years are you going to waste with those guys by having a quarterback that is average? Mm -hmm. So I really think that is 
sort of the, the looming decisions that they have to make when they go into the offseason. One position that seemingly is never average for the Steelers, and it oftentimes is entertaining to watch as someone who likes the NFL, wide receiver. But George Pickens, for as talented as he is, what was going on in these last few weeks? He's not blocking, or, or, or like what was going on there? And and why why do the Steelers always have to have an entertaining character at wide receiver? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you saying you entertaining from four hours away, you know, like have somebody who went through Antonio Brown to Juju, who actually is a nice kid, but just would uh, create some off-the-field stuff that would just kind of, you know, kind of make me bang my head, uh, to chase Claypool to this. I mean, it is a little exhausting at this point. Uh, The funny part was, and I mean, I I remember in the opener against the the Niners, um, you know, I turned to Brooke Pryor from ESPN, who sits next to me uh, during the home games, and I was like, Look at fourteen. Like if the you can tell at the snap if the ball if the ball is coming his way or he's the primary or they're running to his side because you know if it's not it's he's jogging, you know. And it, what happened was when you're winning games, everybody sort of like you know can excuse it, and then they started losing games and it's like oh look what fourteen's not doing. Um, I do think he's grown up a little bit. I mean look he's a talented guy. It's it's and that's the thing. I mean that's why Antonio Brown got away with what he could get away with off the field for as long as he did because he was, when he was on the field, he was the best or one of the best players. Pickens, I'm not saying he's Antonio Brown, but I mean, when you see him, you know, get in space, you know, a guy with that size, a guy with that speed, with that catch radius, I mean, he is a, a, a marvel. And what you've seen, especially the last few weeks, and maybe not last week in Baltimore, because uh, of the mostly because of the conditions is I mean Mason Rudolph says where's 14 I'm just going to go throw him the ball that was something Kenny Pickett was not doing and so you have Pickens more engaged and I also think he has it has gotten into his head hopefully from the coach from the coaching staff standpoint to say hey I you know I'm a talented guy they want to give me the ball but I got to be a good teammate and I do think you see a more concerted effort the last few weeks in him trying to be a good teammate and will that continue it depends, you know, it kind of depends on the outcome more than anything else, to be honest with you. Um, but he is a competitive guy. He's got some, some maturity issues. I mean, to the point where Mike Tomlin has to call a, you know, he typically doesn't like to talk to beat reporters during the week outside of that Tuesday press conference. Um, when he does, it's usually short, but he like came in a couple of weeks ago and made it a point to spend five minutes saying, I'm defending George, but his butt needs to grow up. And I think that was probably the warning shot to George that he probably needed. And so at least in the short term, you know, you're seeing growth. Now, is that sustainable? I mean, again, it just sort of depends on whether he gets the ball and whether the team wins. Uh, Before we let you go, Will, I did want to bring up, because it it became apparent to me, I I knew how important T.J. Watt was to the Steelers, mainly just because of how talented of a player he was. I had not realized that the Steelers are 1-10 since drafting T.J. Watt when he doesn't play. What kind of factor is he on the field, and then what kind of factor is he when he's not on the field for the Steelers' defense? Well, I mean, look, there's, he's got a skill set that very few guys in the league can match. And I would say, you know, that 1-10 that record, um, you know, until last year when he tore his peck in the opener against the Bengals, the, there were a handful of games that he would sit out in regular season finales because the Steelers, you know, like it didn't affect their playoff positioning, right? So, like, I don't really count those games. I think last year 
was the real sort of like, oh, we don't have our best guy. Um, you know, he you have to account for him on every snap. Uh, a lot of debate here on whether he or Miles Garrett should be the defensive player of the year. Um, you know, I kind of have the I, I don't I don't have a vote. Um, I would say it's if the numbers are pretty close, it comes down to team success. The Browns a little bit better considering the volatility they have. Garrett probably gets it. Um, but TJ's consistency, I mean, he's, got, he's getting game plans for every single game, and he still finds a way, you know, nine times out of ten to be, make a, a splash play, to make a, a key sack, to get a strip, to, to get a pick. I mean, he finds a way, even though, like, game plans are designed to neutralize, and that is a remarkable thing. I think, look, they've got, you know, they're a little bit better positioned than they were, like, last year they went up there without TJ and got destroyed, right? I mean, it was a game 38-3. to three. Uh, I they're in better position this time. They have Nick Herbig, who, uh, you know, led the Big Ten in sacks last year at Wisconsin, kind of slipped into the middle, middling rounds of the draft. Explosive, undersized, um, excitable. And then they have Marcus Golden, longtime vet from the Cardinals, who's sort of more like, all right, if we want to stop the run, we're going to get him in there. Um, but they're not T.J. Watt. So other guys are going to have to make, you know, the, quote, splash plays. Uh, they do get Minka Fitzpatrick back this week. Um, given the fact that who knows what it's going to be like when the ball's in the air, I would imagine this is going to be both teams are going to try to run. Um, it would be nice if you had 90 trying to chase down Josh Allen as opposed to some of these other guys. Um, but I think, you know, because of the game circumstances, the Steelers might be in a better position to withstand the loss if there's, if there's going to be less passing situations. You know, if, if both sides are going to be like, hey, I really don't want to put up in 30-mile-an-hour wins, uh, I would be more inclined to say the Steelers probably a little better position than they have in the past to withstand TJ's loss. But I still think the Bills, on the whole, probably win this game. Um, I think the Steelers would probably have to be plus two in the turnover department to win. And then that will lead to, if they lose, it's, it's going to lead to maybe the most interesting offseason that they've had in the 13 years I've been here. T.J. Watt, by the way, this year, 19 sacks, Miles Garrett, 14. I didn't even realize how good of a season T.J. Watt was having. And I think mainly it is due to the fact that he has just been, like you said, so consistent. He has been, I think. The, yeah, the first guy, the first player in NFL history, at least since they started tracking sacks in 82, to win the sack title three times. When you think about some of the guys, the Bruce Smiths and the Reggie Whites and the Lawrence Taylors of the world, when, when they didn't do that, I mean, that kind of just tells you what kind of player he is. Yeah, just absolutely otherworldly talent. Will Will Graves uh, on the Western Hotline covers the AP in Pittsburgh. Uh, before we let you go, you kind of gave your thoughts here on tomorrow's game between the Steelers and the Bills. Want to get your thoughts on today's games? We get Super Wild Card Weekend, which why is it why is it called Super Wild? It's just it's Wild Card Weekend, but we I do have like supersized. I think is what that's short for. I would imagine. Right, I, I guess. But, anyway. but like, what are we doing here? But we do have two games to, uh, today. We have at four thirty Browns at Texans, and then later tonight another weather game: Miami at Kansas City. Is expected to be in, in minus degree uh, wind chill. What are your thoughts on on these two games? Uh, I think the Joe Flacco story is fascinating. It is just this the fact that this guy can you know I mean it sort of highlights like what the heck were the Steelers doing when a guy that was sitting on the couch can come in and start throwing putting up 300 yard games or the Steelers like that is hasn't happened. I think their last 300 yard passing game you know might have been in that loss to the bills where they moved it around a lot in the second half, but just mm-hmm. score points. Um, you know, 
I like Stroud. I mean, look, the Steelers went down early in the season into Houston, and C.J. Stroud put it on them. Uh, he's certainly a talented kid. I think Cleveland's defense is probably the difference there. I think it's going to be tight, though. I would say it's going to be in the, you know, 24-21 range. Um, and then the night game, you know, I, I have a – I'm old, right? So I kind of have a – oh, look, the Dolphins. What are the Dolphins going to do? What are the Dolphins going to do? I remember Michael Vick going to Green Bay during his breakout year. I don't know if it was oh one or oh two. And, you know, beating Brett Favre, and it was like four degrees and, you know, a minus 20 wind chill. Uh, you know, I, I've been watching, and maybe it's because I've been watching Hard Knocks. It's hard not to get to, to, to root for Mike McDaniel and just sort of the way he goes about his business and the, the way he builds his relationships with his players. They're super banged up. But this Kansas City team has been so underwhelming all year. Like, you kept waiting for them to kind of look like the juggernaut that they've been, and it hasn't happened. So, you know, I would, I'm going to, I would say I, I like, if, if, it, if it's not windy, and I don't think it's supposed to be, I think it's just supposed to be cold. I actually like the Dolphins. I think Tyreek Hill is just, in, has this, you know, this is going to be maybe a career defining game for him. You know, he wants to go back to Kansas City and show these guys what they're missing. And I think that McDaniel finds a way to get him open enough to be the difference. Should be a fun night leading into the rest of the weekend, of course, Bill Steelers tomorrow at one. Will, thanks so much for coming on today. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy tomorrow's game. All right, thanks. Stay safe, guys. You as well. That was on the Western Hotline. Will Graves covers the Pittsburgh Steelers for the AP. I hadn't even thought about it's Tyree Hill's return to Kansas City, mainly because they did play this year. And every now and then, I'll forget, that game was in Germany. So this is going to be Tyreek Hill's return to Kansas City the first time since being traded to Miami in what was a very, at least my memory serves correctly, it very quick and stunning. It was like at like 11 in the morning, he had requested a trade, and by 2.30, he was Miami Dolphin after like an hour or two of, is it going to be the Dolphins, is it going to be the Jets? Uh, very, very quick moving trade for him and and since getting to Miami he has really become a major major if not the most important factor on their offense. We are going to take a quick time out here. I'm Zach Jones and we are having a special extended playoff edition of Sports Talk Saturday today of course from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. I'll be on till 12 o'clock today as the home of the Bills get you ready for Wild Card Weekend that is brought to you by Expert Contracting. Expert Contracting for wind damage. Call 716-272-ROOF. We'll be right back. Still taking your calls. 803-0550 and this is WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. 
or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I think it's just the, the love and the energy that we have for each other right now, the trust and communication that we have in practice and throughout the week within our game plans, and obviously seeing guys make, make plays on the field. We're happy to see our guys make plays. Nobody not happy. We're rooting each other on. We're each other's biggest fans in the locker room. And we want to win football games, and that's, that's the main sense and the, the main feeling that we have in this facility right now is do whatever it takes to get it done. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen there. So you're ready for the Bills to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers at 1 p.m. tomorrow. Do want to give you a quick weather update here in our Amherst studios. Snow is coming down and the wind is picking up. Uh, I don't want to say it's whiteout conditions, but a building right across from us is a little bit blurry as the afternoon continues on. Governor Kathy Hochul will be speaking with the media around noon. Uh, our sister station, 930 News WBEN, will be covering that live. You can get all your coverage uh, i think until about six o'clock tonight they're going to be having live coverage of the storm coming in so if any updates go to them they're going to be on top of that all day today as we get ready for tomorrow and really for later today when the storm is supposed to kind of hit its apex later on in the afternoon let's go to the phones we've got john in elma here john welcome to the show how are we doing this afternoon i'm doing great i hope you are too uh, you know, I'm a Buffalo fan all the way, but I'm also from Pittsburgh, living there a long time ago. But I love to see a game played in not such adverse weather. And I, because I want to see the best team win. That's what I'm really concerned about. And I hate to see a game determined by blizzard conditions and at this point right now i think the nfl has the ability to say look why don't we move the game to monday to one o'clock or some hour so that both teams can play and i'm told the weather says by 12 one o'clock tomorrow we're going to get a lot better weather conditions. Plus, um, for safety, and that ought to be what the NFL is for. They ought to be for safety and not seeing all the fans not coming from Pittsburgh who can't drive up now because Kathy Hochul has said we got a, a ban on driving in all the way on the on the throughway from Erie all the way to Rochester, and the people from Buffalo are going to have a hard time getting to the game. I would love to see the field stadium filled and not what I'm told it's going to be with 10, 20% of the people only coming. So I'm, my point is please try to promote the NFL to say it's time to get the game moved till Monday. Thank you. I'd like to hear what you have to say. Thanks, John. Uh, I, yeah, there's not much I can do on it. I, I, I'm somebody that does want to see this game move to Monday. I'm also somebody that doesn't like weather games. I mean, like it could be just regular snow, and I'd still be kind of annoyed. Uh, not in the sense that I think the Bills will lose. Just I want to see these teams play at their optimal performance. 
for me, I, it, it's both the fans getting in as well, but also the, the, the workers at the stadium, the first responders who work with the Bills getting into the stadium and, and, and such. And I just like that's where it is for me. Uh, I do think as of right now, they're take, everyone is taking very good precautions so far. I would like to see, though, the NFL move this game to Monday. It is not a storm like last year's Christmas storm that is going to have a long duration where you really don't know when you'll be able to kind of operate again. As you kind of pointed out there, like Sunday afternoon-ish, it should be starting to clear up. I would like then, I mean, you have a holiday on Monday. It's not even like it's a radical change to your scheduling. You can have a perfect lead-in game to the Monday night game, the Eagles Tampa game. Now, I, I tonight they are tonight they are going to play Kansas City and Miami. I think that like I I I don't know if there's a deadline, but at noon today, if that game hasn't been moved yet, that game is going to be going on. I I cannot imagine that is going to be changed. I think that game is going on. I still think it, there is a potential they can move the Bills game. I just I'm, I'm at a point now. I I don't think it's very likely. I think they want to see this game go on, and I think it's partially because they're seeing it's a rather thin snow band that they're hoping misses the stadium. And while it is still going to snow, they hope it doesn't affect that area of Western New York. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Jake in Rochester. Jake, how are we doing today? Hey, how are you? Doing very well. Let me follow up on that weather thing. You know, everyone's talking about the NFL making the decision. you got to remember that Erie County uh, executive phone cars uh, was under a lot of heat last December, or a year ago December, for the storm and not acting earlier. All he has to do is declare a snow emergency, and the NFL can't do anything about it. They won't have any fans because nobody's allowed to travel, and the problem game goes to tomorrow. So just focusing on what the NFL wants to do, my guess is there's a lot of phone calls going back and forth. The mayor's already closed down the city uh, in terms of preparation. The county should do the same because of what happened last year. And then the effect is the NFL has to capitulate. Game goes tomorrow, and then the Bills get a better opportunity to win, too. But safety is the issue, and I don't think they should be letting people drive to the game and then come out of the game, especially if they're half-loaded, driving in the kind of weather they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, And that is a really good point, too. I mean, like, last year... There were, and you're right. There was a lot of heat from last year on a ton of people that made big decisions there. Pulling cars, of course, being one of them. And so, yeah, like I, that's my thing. I'm, I'm much happier that they make decisions for the safety of everyone and be wrong than not make those decisions and then you're regretting it later on. It can annoy some people, a, a, a travel ban, a driving ban, what have you. But if ultimately it's proven correct, people are safer. Might be a little annoyed, but people are safer if you don't make that decision. And yeah, all of a sudden you've got a lot of people trapped at you know Highmark Stadium trying to get out there. Then it becomes a major, major problem. I am wondering though, like how the weather will look at that point. Again, I've I've told people keep an if you're going, keep an eye on the weather and then use your sense of judgment how you feel comfortable going. I am somebody that is a little bit more. I don't. I just straight up don't like weather games. I I am somebody that even if I had a ticket for this game and the weather wasn't even that bad, just the idea of snow, I wouldn't go. That but that's me. If you have tickets to this game, 
just use your best judgment. Keep an eye on the weather, use your best judgment, and then make that decision as you go. I'm not going to tell anyone to not go to the game. Again, just use your best judgment and keep an eye on the weather. Of course, our sister station as well, WBEN, is going to have live coverage all day today leading up to, I think, around 6 o'clock is when they're going to then transition over to the Browns and Texans game, which will be the first wildcard game of tonight. But they will have live coverage throughout the morning and leading into the afternoon. Let's go to Mike here on the line. Mike, how are we doing today? Good. Uh, I'm I understand the weather's going to be bad. I'm kind of tired of people complaining about it because where are we going to start to draw the line? Are we going to have to have Miami reschedule games when it's too hot? And I mean, when, especially when they built their stadium specifically to fry their opponents on hot days. I mean, people have wanted it though. Like that's that people have wanted that. Yeah, but I mean, it's an outdoor game. Really, I mean, it's, with the, with the exception of, of you know of dome cities, but I, I just. I think that if you're going to have a team in Buffalo, the weather gets to be your advantage. If you're going to have a team in Miami, sometimes the weather gets to be your advantage. Deal with it. I mean, the fans are, are are going to come out, and you could complain about the getting the, to the field and everything, but, you know, you can also complain about fans getting heat strokes. You know, I mean, it's just play the game. Just just, just play, play the game. And, and people wanting to see the, the the game at their best, you're the best team if you can over uh, overcome all circumstances. I mean, sure, Mike, thanks for the call. I, but you even brought up your point. Miami built their stadium to fry their opponent. It, they're, they're using the heat to their advantage while also not having to deal with it. And people have complained about that. They don't want fans getting heat stroke to go watch a sporting event. And they don't want people to freeze likewise. This is not the 60s and 70s where, look, I... Perfect example. I just now, with Nick Saban retiring, I looked up, you know, Alabama coaches, you know, post Nick Saban, one of which, it, the guy that was before Nick Saban, Mike Shula, is on the Bills coaching staff. I, I find that fascinating. But Bear Bryant, he's considered an icon now. And when he was at Texas A&M, before he went to Alabama, he put through this group of a 10-day summer camp that most can like consider people that got through it survivors because they were getting heat stroke. They were throwing up. People were leaving in disgust. And Bear Bryant, in, in his death, I think he died in the early 80s, even said he went too far. So when we look even, and I brought these these games up initially, you know, the ice bowl and stuff like that. People now, yes, they talk about him with some reverence and kind of like this, you know, awe-inspiring kind of folktale almost. But people also realize that's not safe for anybody. That's not safe for the players. It's not safe for the fans. There's no real reason. There's a reason why we play national championships and Super Bowls in predominantly domes. They want fans there, and they want the best game. And no, the the weather is not an advantage to Buffalo. These guys do not evolve with the weather because they're here. The Bills are a pass-heavy team that is built off skill and speed. When it gets cold and or snowy and windy, it hurts them. Those games are only good for bad quarterbacks. That, I'll grant you, like it's it's built for cold teams, was true in the 60s and 70s when you ran the ball more. That was an advantage if you were from these areas and you were used to the cold. I know the Minnesota Vikings were notorious for this in the 70s. Of just, you know, they were practicing the cold, they wouldn't use heaters, blah, 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 blah. And teams just hated going there. They just wanted to go home. But that was in a day and age where a pass heavy team threw it 15 times. The sport has radically changed. Again, if there's no weather event, if it's just windy, 
I think the Bills are significantly the better team. But if we're all of a sudden getting in whiteout conditions where everything's a problem now, where they can barely move the ball, you're not getting the best team. You're getting the team that's lucky. Look at 2017. A massive game for the Bills' playoff hopes that year when they break the drought. It was kind of all based off luck. They got a few plays to go their way. They somehow got great passes out of like three that they had to throw. It was all luck-based. And that's my issue, is that it does take a bit of the skill out of the game and just you hope and pray. You're just hoping your team can win 10-3. to Now, for me, if the Bills do win this game, it will kind of feel like it's going to be their year. But at the moment, I just I have a tough time sitting here and thinking, yeah, the best team will win if the weather is as bad as it is. If it's cold, that's one thing. The Bills can still operate for the most part within those conditions. They've proven that in their 2021 wildcard game against New England. They've proven they can play well in those conditions. I'm talking much more about wind and snow causing a drastic change to what you were even able to do on offense. We're talking about the inability to even kick field goals or extra points at times as well with how high the or with with how many miles per hour the winds could be. That's where I'm having an issue. And the and, and just for me the big issue too is that it, if you move it just a day on a holiday and have it be the lead into that Monday night game a huge world of difference where all of a sudden the bills should be the 10 point favorite that they are over the Steelers. This should not be a close game. We just had Will Graves of the AP on in the last segment, even saying too, that the only way the Steelers can likely win is by being plus two in the turnover column. That's where we're at with this game. I would like weather to not cause a huge problem in that. Because then we're going to have these same conversations about McDermott when he has done an exceptional job at the end of this year to rally this team and also put up defensive performances that have been mind-boggling with the, with the injuries they've, they've picked up throughout the year, even still going into this game. Rasul Douglas hasn't practiced at all this week, and while he's questionable, I don't imagine he's going to play. And he's been incredible for him, and yet they'll probably just keep pushing forward because that's what this defense has done all year. I think that's that's just that's my issue. I don't want to see a game be radically changed by weather and then we have to act like it was a normal game come, you know, July. Cuz that'll just annoy the hell out of me. We just had to do this last year with all the circumstances around the Bills, a player dying on the field and having to be resuscitated and we're acting like that they they they're hum, they're not humans. That they didn't do their job cuz they didn't win in the wild card or in the divisional round in Cincinnati. I'd rather not do that again because they had a weather event after going all through all of this to get the two seed. I mean, that's it, 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 football seems to be the only sport where weather can be a serious factor because everyone else plays inside. Hockey, outside of winter classics, plays inside. Basketball plays inside. Baseball, I guess, during the playoffs, you get you know the October games or even in the beginning of the year. With you know, especially the Northeast, they'll have problems with weather. But for the most part, football seems to be the only sport where people are. Some people are very happy to see terrible weather games for some odd reason. It limits what your team can do, and it takes away a lot of the skill a better team has. If you're a worse team, all for it. Pittsburgh fans should be pumped for the weather. I don't understand Bills fans who are excited for this weather to watch their team. I just don't. 
It will not help them. It will only hurt them. They are not some superheroes because they play in Buffalo that all of a sudden are better prepared for this weather. They're not. That is not the game they play. They're not the Tennessee Titans of two, three years ago where they give the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times a game and just dominate time of possession. They can do it a bit better with James Cook, but that is not where they are at their best. Where they're at their best is Josh Allen and the receivers and James Cook pressing down on the defense, keeping them on their heels, and they cannot do that nearly as well as they can when it's just solid weather, even if it's cold. But when you get high winds and whiteout conditions, that's where it becomes a huge, huge problem. We are going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, I'll wrap up my segment here on our extended Sports Talk Saturday. I'll be off air at noon and at noon Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri, they will take you to 3 o'clock as we do also get ready for Sabres pregame. That starts at 3 for a game at 4 o'clock as they host the Vancouver Canucks. And today's extended Sports Talk Saturday is brought to you by Expert Contracting. Expert Contracting for wind damage. Call 716-272-ROOF. I'm Zach Jones, and you're listening to WGR. Welcome back, everyone. Zach Jones here on an extended Sports Talk Saturday. My final segment here as Derek Kramer and Frank Arcuri will be taking over at 12. Prepare Derek. for your ears to die. Yeah, what do you got prepared for? Because you're, <laughs> you're going to be on for three hours to get ready for Sabres pregame. They're taking well, on Vancouver tonight. Let's, let's take those words and make sure you say them correctly. We're leading up to Sabres pregame. What we we're believe not, will be Sabres pregame. No, no. We're not leading up to pregame. We're talking about the Bills and the mm-hmm. Steelers and the potential madness that may or may not be out here. And um, you know what? I think it's about time to start calling people out for calling us out. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm good Listen, let's be real about something here. Anyone that says that, oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's meant to be a tough game and it's physical and it's old school. There's a reason it's called old school, y'all. <laughs> as in not current. As in not anymore. As in new school is what happens. The league has moved to this passing and finesse offensive identity stuff. And then there are people here that go, Oh, we love the snow. No! No, we do not. Speak for yourself, please. Thank you. And don't call us out for it thinking that it's a group think tank thing. I was already nervous about the damn Steelers before the potential weather. We were on pregame before the Miami game. That, this was the one team because you're like, they play down the competition. They play down the competition. I don't love this. They roll around in the mud. And what did we get in response to this? Okay, Derek, live your worst fears. Oh, and on top of that, here's a bunch of snow to deal with. Going to be good. Gonna be, aren't you a winner guy too? I, I can separate my personal life from my football team. And that is something that some fans here don't do, and I'm going to get loud about it. It's all about summer, man. It's all about summer. Get some I, sunshine, golf weather. Look, let's be go real to the about beach, something. Go to the lake. I am okay with people being proud of this city, and I am perfectly capable of understanding that. But there's a problem between separating your pride in the city and what this team does best, and we'll talk about that plenty more in a little bit. And do want to just remind you, live coverage of the potential storm coming in here in the next few hours. That is going to be over on our sister station, 930 WBN. They're going to have live coverage for the next six hours before they do transition you over to Browns and Texans. are going to be taking over around the second half there. You'll be getting that game over on that station, but they'll have live coverage 
at, up, up until 6. And I do want to remind you that our special extended playoff edition of Sports Talk Saturday this Saturday is going on from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. as the home of the Bills. Do get ready for Wild Card Weekend. Has been brought to you by Expert Contracting. Expert Contracting for wind damage. Call 716-272-ROOF. I'm Zach Jones. Coming up next, Derek Hammer, Frank Arcuri will take the reins for the next three hours and have a good old time. This is WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and ATT at tmobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.